Hi there. I'm Mark Sheldon, and this is The Road to Health, a podcast presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. We're continuing our celebration of 20 years of the Blue Angel Community Health Grant with a first-time grantee, Adoption RI. Adoption RI is a Providence-based organization whose services range from adoption and family support to counseling and adult services, and they don't stop there. I recently sat down with Darlene Allen, CEO and Executive Director of Adoption RI, and discussed the future of Adoption RI, including the Copley Chambers Project, a project that is being supported by the Blue Angel Community Health Grant. Developed by Marathon Construction and Development, Copley Chambers will provide affordable housing to young adults with past foster care experience who are facing homelessness or a housing insecurity. In addition to that, these individuals will have access to on-site supportive services provided by partners House of Hope and Providence Community Health Center. Let's listen. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. So your agency is a recipient of a 2023 Blue Angel Community Health Grant Award. What programs is the grant supporting this year? Yeah, we're really, really thrilled um, to be a recipient this year. The program that it's funding is called the Copley Chambers Project. It's a really exciting new innovative partnership that we're involved in. And we're really thankful um, about the fact that they're helping us make this happen, bring it to reality. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about the, uh, like, what, what are the nuts and bolts? So the Copley Project really is, a, as I mentioned, an innovative project that addresses uh, youth homelessness for kids in foster care. It's an area that I'm sure I'll talk about a little more around our mission. But it's a project that we are a partner. We partnered with a developer who has developed 26 apartments in Providence. And the goal is really to help young adults that have exited foster care to have a roof over their head, access to whatever services they need to be able to live successful lives. And our role, too, is really a, more of a transformational role. We definitely help them with education, workforce development, as well as building what we call permanency, building community and family partnerships so that they don't become kind of like the older homeless population. We want to transform them. We want to just take homelessness off the table so they can concentrate on their education and on their well-being. Housing is so intrinsically tied as one of those like key determinants of health that it's so intrinsically tied to wellness that I'm sure you see that in your work. It really is. I mean, one out of three foster youth becomes homeless by age 21. It's totally unacceptable. And as you know, we have such a crisis here in Rhode Island right now. So the, you know, when you don't have the family support, when you don't have those networks to help you out, I mean, it's it's pretty desperate out there. So it's really taking that housing stress off of them so they can focus on their own well-being and their future. It's cyclical. So and ending that cycle is going to be a meaningful part of what you do. Totally. I mean, some of them have children. And so, you know, we actually are really working towards the end of the cycle of child welfare involvement. So if we can keep those families together in this project so those children don't enter foster care, it's a win-win. Awesome. Awesome. So listen, how does this specific program plug into everything else you do at Adoption RI? Yeah, that's a good question because, you know, we're not a traditional housing provider. Our area really of focus is on the health, well-being, 
and really a sense of belonging and permanency for children and youth and families related to foster care. So our mission is to help promote safety, permanency, and belonging in children and youth in foster care young people that are vulnerable, and families. And we do that through services, education, and advocacy. And really, a lot of the core of our work is around believing that young people, children deserve family. They deserve a place to call home. Families deserve support. And everyone deserves an opportunity to be successful in their future. And so a lot of our work really is around working with children in the foster care system and preventing them from aging out and really connecting them to families, making sure they have an education, making sure they have community connections. And over time, as an organization, I mean, traditionally, we had worked with children, kind of babies to, say, 18. But over the years, and this is our 40th anniversary, we've got to meet with a lot of young people, and some of them were not adopted. Some of them did not go home. They weren't able to be reunified and connected to kind of family members. We still cared about their outcomes. So we wanted to set them up for you know, a positive future. And so we started to really do a lot of advocacy and a lot of work with the older youth and young adult population. Hence, like I said, the housing crisis, we were seeing that it was very hard for our youth and young adults to be successful when they didn't have a place to live. And so that's how it kind of all ties together. This partnership helps to eliminate that stressor so that we can help them make sure they get that high school diploma, get a GED, go into workforce development, go to college, get a job, get an apprenticeship, be connected to relatives they didn't even know they had. That's the kind of work we like to do. And we're able to do that without the stress of having to find them a place to live. I think that's an important thing for our listeners to learn. You know, when you hear Adoption RI, I think that that's got a scope that you might be thinking of when you hear the name. And it sounds like you definitely have a much broader life cycle of care and community that you serve. And I think you're kind of touching this already, but why don't we expand a little bit in terms of the community you serve? Geographically, population, what else can you tell us? Sure. To your point, we do a lot more than what people think we do. In fact, I think we need a new tagline because people imagine that we might be an organization that just as adoption. And as I mentioned, our scope is much broader than that. And our belief system around how you even create your own family if you're not within a biological or an adoptive family. So that's an area that we are working on to make sure that we can get the word out about all the work we actually do do. As far as our population and our geography, we're located in Providence, but we're statewide with our direct service. We work with kids and families really across the entire state. And sometimes we may have a child that's in foster care and maybe living in a group home say in Newport, and we have identified a family in Boroughville, we'll just say. So we work with all involved to try to help move that young person out of the group home and into the family. And so we provide services both in our office, in the community, in their homes, and in their schools. So yeah, we're pretty statewide. That's excellent and important. Just to bring a personal note into it, I am one of three children. Both my brother and a sister are were older than me and adopted. So I've got firsthand experience to know how aligning families with, you know, kids who need a place to live is meaningful work. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think you can be in a position also to help spread the word that sometimes 
people take for granted some of the things that young people that don't have families don't have. Like they don't have someone to sit around the table at night and say, did you get your homework done? They don't necessarily have someone to come cheer them on, you know, at a sporting event. They live in the ocean state. Many of them haven't gone to the ocean. You know, like there's certain things that many of us take for granted that these kids don't have because of the childhoods. And so one, being able to hopefully give them that second chance at a better childhood and two, give them that opportunity maybe to do a podcast, you know, (laughs) maybe to be the governor, next governor, whatever. Like, you know, what has happened to you should not define you. And the sky's the limit in our perspective. So we want to provide as much possibility for every young person in the state of Rhode Island. So we're talking about Copley Chambers. What makes it special compared to other housing development projects in Rhode Island? Well, I think the Copley Chambers project is really special in the sense that there's nothing like it. It is something that the story was like maybe a year and a half ago, a developer came and met with us and said he had property that he was interested in developing some affordable housing. And he had learned about us through one of our other supporters. And, you know, it really struck him that young people in foster care that we were out there trying to find housing for this population. And so we had a few conversations about the trajectory of young people and how difficult it is for them if they don't have housing. And so from that, he determined that he really wanted to make this project an opportunity to be that place where young people could spend a few years, have a great apartment, like state-of-the-art, everything's brand new, and have services right there available voluntary. It's not a residential program. There's nothing that's mandatory about it. But in the first floor of the building, because we now have a small little satellite office there, anytime a tenant wants to come down and meet with one of our staff, or they might need health care. So there's a case manager there that can hook them up to a physician or behavioral health care. They have questions related to their lease or anything related to housing. There's housing assistance there. Kind of building that almost like wraparound You know, what we call at Adoption Rhode Island, kind of like bubble wrap our kids, bubble wrap our young adults, just surround them with support, positive affirmations, and opportunities. So that's kind of how we came about it. So it is housing. It is supportive services. There are other places that are providing housing and supportive services, but this really has a vision to prevent homelessness. It has a vision to give young people the opportunity so that hopefully they won't need housing assistance forever. You know, like I said, the work we want to do is not just case management. It is that transformational work. And so it opened. We have three quarters of the apartments filled as of, you know, started in January. And we're in the implementation phase, but it's still a hypothesis. We're still figuring out, is this the right mix of educational advocacy and case management and that kind of stuff? So we're working on it. But our hope is that this is going to eliminate all those barriers that we know get in the way and create the negative outcomes for young people. And we can help really solve a major problem in the state of Rhode Island. We could replicate this. It sounds like it's just as much about putting a roof over someone's head as it is about giving them the traction they need to get to the place where maybe they're in a position to help someone else. And honestly, there already are young people who are part of this that, you know, we're starting to work on trying to build a community. And there are young people that from the get-go said, I've taken the FAFSA. I've done this. I can help someone else here to do that as well. So there's already that aspect of giving back and kind of that circle. Um, 
Again, still only a few months in, but that's kind of the vision of what we'd like to see happen here. It's heartening. I mean, Copley's a new project for you, but your work with young people has kept you close to the issue of housing for some time. So can you talk about your work and how you came to decide to embark on Copley as a new project? Sure. As I mentioned, we are in our 40th year. So it's our anniversary this year. And we've always worked with the foster care population. I mean, that's been a consistent. And as I mentioned, we've kind of gotten a little older along Mm -hmm. the way. And we had done a lot of advocacy prior to COVID related to housing because we saw a number of our young people have housing instability and we knew what the data said. We actually convened a number of people across the system, particularly around housing instability and food instability. And so we did a lot of advocacy work and participated in kind of like the count, you know, they do the, the count. We didn't actually provide the services on site. During COVID, one of the things that I did and some of my colleagues across the state, we advocated with Governor Raimondo at the time to issue an executive order to not have young people age out of foster care at the beginning of COVID. And she agreed. And that was one of her first executive orders. And so that created for a temporary period, a stopgap of the young people that were just basically put out. And it really would have been more catastrophic than normal, I guess, to say, during that period. And the federal government also ended up passing what was called Consolidated Appropriations Act that had some funds for those 21 to 23-year-olds. And we were one of the organizations that got some funds to help that population because of the success of one of our other programs called Teen Focus. So we really started to work with the 21 to 23-year-olds, and housing was an issue, obviously. And so it really helped us. I mean, one of the things we call everyone, you know, we're trying to like, they're not kids, they're not adults, they're kind of like... You know, you know, so we're kind of struggling a little with like, how old are you? Like how to approach that. But that's kind of how we got involved in that and really how we get involved in a lot of the work that we do. Like we do the work, we identify a gap. We often start with a lot of advocacy around it. And then if the gap still exists, we kind of go all in and try to see if we can create an intervention to actually address that gap. So like you said, we're in the early days of this program. What is your hope for Copley Chambers community in a year or five years? Well, I have a lot of hope. You know, as far as the young people, I hope that this first cohort especially, that we're able to be really successful with them and that they can also maybe come back and mentor some young people in future cohorts. And by success, I mean around the areas of being able to maintain that stable housing, not become homeless, be able to achieve educational outcomes, such as, like I said, at a minimum, if they don't have a high school diploma. That's one of our areas areas of interest is around the deplorable statistics we have in this state. You know, less than 50% of kids in foster care graduate high school and only between one and 6% get a college degree. Like that's shameful. And so our one of my hopes is that with this particular cohort, we have the time and they're engaged, they're interested, and that we can show that we can change that. Okay, so that's one of them. And as I've already mentioned, I hope that we can help them come work here at Blue Cross Blue Shield, maybe do an internship at the governor's office, whatever they want to do. I hope that we can create that pathway to any other possibility in their life. For the community, too, I think it's really exciting. I mean, it was 
really blighted property for so long. It's historic, which is really cool. And it's near the high school. So I'm hoping that this new energy, because there's also going to be some other buildings built right next to Copley One. I'm hoping that we're good neighbors. I'm hoping that we can partner with others in the neighborhood. And I hope it's really part of a revitalization, just something very positive for that community. I'm hoping we can listen and learn and do good things for that community. And I'm hoping for Copley, as I mentioned, there's going to be a Copley 2 and 3 potentially in the works. So I'm hoping that and it's not going to be all for former foster youth, but I'm hoping that they all can kind of build this really great community, community of people that are living there and community between the partners around how we can help and better be partners in the community. It sounds like a nice cycle of sort of like co-ownership of the area. And like you said, the word community is coming up a lot, which is heartening. Right? Yeah, it's, again, still early in it. But those are the things that I'm hopeful for and what I'm working towards in this project. Okay. So how can our listeners support your work? What is the best way to help Adoption RI and to help Copley Chambers? Well, thank you for asking that. There are many ways that people can get involved in the organization and help with this project and just help the organization in and of itself. We do have what's called Gathering to Give coming up in June, and that is three fundraisers that we're hosting June 2nd to June 8th. June 2nd will be at what was formerly known as the Biltmore, the Graduate, and that is kind of a traditional gala. And then after our gala, we have a luncheon that is on June 6th, and that is in East Providence at Wanamoisit Country Club. And at that luncheon, we're going to really highlight a number of people who are making a difference in the lives of children. You know, it's a luncheon. It's a great event. And then we have a third event down in South County that's like a big party with Steve Smith and the Nakeds at a place called Kinney Bungalow. And that's just going to be a really fun event. And we're so thrilled that Blue Cross Blue Shield is one of our our sponsors. And so tickets are going on sale. If you're not interested in coming to events, there's still lots of ways you can help us. I would come to our website, www.adoptionri.org. People can make a donation. People can become a volunteer. People can talk to us about adopting a child. And a child can be any age. We work with a lot of teens that need families. And maybe you could help in this Copley Chambers project. You know, we might need a tutor. We might, you know, like there are just lots of ways that people can kind of give back. And we'd love to talk to you and figure out how you can do that. There'll be additional information in our show notes, as always. Okay, sounds and good. Is there anything you would like to share before we're done here today? I mean, I've already mentioned that we're really intentional about wanting to make a difference related to the educational outcomes because we do believe core. You need a family. You need an education. You need a roof over your head. You know, you need a lot of things, but those are kind of core to be able to be successful. And so I would love people to know that if we set our minds to it, I think we can actually change things. There's not that many young people in foster care. So if we are intentional, we can really change that. We can move that less than 50% graduate high school to closer to 100%. If we work together, 
if people are aware that this is an issue. And this is something that I'm really focused on in our advocacy. We work with the legislature on some of these issues, advocated with the governor's office, and would just love anyone that cares about making a difference in these kids' lives to reach out to me and see how we can kind of build that movement and make that part of Rhode Island's history. And we can be number one in the country around educational outcomes for kids in foster care. The Road to Health is a podcast presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. It's produced and hosted by me, Mark Sheldon, and Mason Im is our sound engineer, with additional support from Yasmin Diaz. We'd like to thank our guest, Darlene Allen, from Adoption RI. We hope you'll join us for more episodes in this series as we continue to reflect on the impact of the Blue Angel Community Health Grant during our year-long celebration. Be healthy, be well, and keep your eyes on the road.